Are you ready to take your business to the next level and gain competitive edge in today's digital world? It all starts with digital transformation, but to successfully implement this transformation, you're going to need a strong and reliable tech team by your side. In this mini episode of Software Savvy, we're going to be exploring why hiring the right tech team is crucial for achieving your tech goals and how to approach the hiring process as a non-tech founder. My name is Alondra Cruz and my background is not in tech. However, our guest speakers are experts in the field of tech recruitment. Andrew Cowart, Chief Technology Officer at Matova, and Joseph Jackson, Vice President of Technology at Matova, are here to share their advice. Let's do a little pretending to get started. Let's pretend I came up with a really good app idea and it's going to make me a lot of money. It's going to help out a lot of people. I go in and I type on Google web and mobile app developers and I see a million different options. There's people here in the U.S., there's people offshore, there's freelancers and people on Fiverr. How do I start to assess these types of organizations and decide which one is going to be best for me? Andrew? Sure. So I probably recommend starting with really local recommendations if possible. Communication is going to be one of the keys to having a successful product as you're developing. And finding someone in a similar time zone is always a great plus with that. But really, in terms of finding local, you'll probably want to ask anyone else that you know that may have had an app developed and see if they have a recommendation. Yeah, I feel like ultimately what he's trying to get at is you're going to end up having to trust this person. You're coming at this, Alondra, from the case of you have the idea. You probably understand the business. You understand the market you're trying to go after, but you don't understand the tech, right? I feel like a lot of tech startups struggle because they don't understand the tech or because they understand the tech, but they don't understand the market. You need both to be successful. And so regardless of whoever you partner with, be it someone who kind of comes on board and actually would work with you proper, or it's a company that you work with, you're going to have to trust that they're going to lead you down the right path when it comes to making decisions for technology. And likewise, they're going to have to trust you that you actually understand the market and that you know the business. That partnership and the communication within that partnership is just going to be key. Recommendations are a great way to find people that you start off with a higher barrier of entry to trust with. Like if Andrew referred someone to me from a technical perspective, because I know Andrew and he and I have a professional relationship, I'm going to take that recommendation more seriously than someone who shoots me out an email that has a click at the bottom to unsubscribe attached to it because they're just trying to get my business. You know, I think that's ultimately what we're trying to get at here is how do you match up with the right entity via from either side to make sure that you're both going to be able to chase a common dream and then also effectively communicate along the way as things develop. I would say as well, if you are looking for a agency, I really recommend Clutch. Clutch is a way of looking at other users' reviews. If you don't know anyone that has an app made, then you can at least start and see what internet strangers have thought of this company that you're about to work with. And one nice thing about Clutch is they actually do verify the reviews. So although it is internet strangers, they're at least semi-verified internet strangers. Okay, so let's say I do decide that I need to work with a tech agency, probably a better route for me. What type of services do tech agencies typically provide? What type of help might I be able to pull from working with an agency? I think it really depends on the agency. Some are going to have more niche experience in developing certain types of applications. Others are going to probably be really good at the technology side, but not very good at understanding like how this is going to integrate. Ultimately, you kind of have to get to know them either way and let them tell you about their repertoire. They'll know what they're good at. It's going to be all over their marketing. They're going to tell you exactly what they're best at because they want work that's going to be something they can be successful at. Some are leaning more towards the consulting side. They kind of have a 
bevy of resources available to you, be it from design to technology, you know, business strategy. And sometimes those are not all within house. Sometimes it's just the relationships they've made along the way. And these are, I think, important things to understand is, are all these resources you or are there strings attached? If I work with you, are you also going to be bringing in other entities that I've not met before and building this network up? Then it goes all the way down to the bottom. As I say the bottom, as far as narrowing and constraints, you'll find some folks, and this is where you start looking at the Fiverr side of things, that they only do tech. You're going to have to be very clear in the requirements for them, and they're going to deliver exactly what you asked for, even if it isn't what you want. I think that's the other big struggle and a lot of frustration that people have is they know what they want, but they don't know how to ask for what they want because they're not technical. But the technical person on this lower end of the spectrum is going to need it that way. I think that's part of the variety. All manner of combinations exist. Andrew, you probably have, can speak to that too. Yeah, I'd say that in terms of services for an agency, that is an aspect where you can trust their advertising. If they're advertising it, that's something that they're at least putting effort into. I would definitely say check out their website, see what they're promoting themselves as strong at, and go from there. Some agencies can do everything from start to finish. Some agencies are only good at the creative stage. Some agencies are only good at the development stage. And it really kind of depends on the agency itself. So when I'm talking to these agencies, what qualities should I be considering besides what they can do? And you? I'd say, you know, the obvious and most easy one is communication and comfort level. You're going to be ideally with them for the duration of the project and it could be years if it's successful. You want someone that you really can communicate well with. You want someone you can trust and you want someone you feel comfortable with. Really, Pones, the first few calls with this company or agency will set a lot of expectations for how this will go down. I'd really recommend you hopping on a phone with any agency, see how the first few calls go, and talk to a few. It will make a difference. After you talk to a few, you will definitely find that you'll feel a lot more comfortable with how some of them are talking to you than others. Joe, do you have anything to add? I think Andrew answered that perfectly. He's absolutely right. Try before you buy. To me, it's kind of a red flag if people are very upfront, or if they're really hard to get a hold of up front, it's not going to change later on. Or if they only come back and talk to me when I make it seem like an emergency, it sets a bad pace. And don't be wrong, you do want people to respond when you're having an emergency, but ideally you'd want someone to have that clear communication all the way through. Like Andrew said, you kind of have to go on feel. Like if, if you are not comfortable asking questions, talking to them about things, asking questions that you even know maybe are stupid questions, it's not going to lend itself to your future if you're not able to do those things. And so Making sure that the feels right and the vibe check is passed is important. One thing that I would warn on on this is you're in the initial call and they start going too technical and over your head. They're not communicating in a way that you understand. First off, I'd call that out. But second off, if they're not adjusting and they keep going over your head, that's probably not a company you want to work with. This is make sure that you find a company that can communicate to you. I know this is going to be a little curveball because this is what you guys do every day, but what might be some common pitfalls to avoid when you're looking to work with an agency? I'd say that an issue that I commonly see is if you have a product you're trying to get developed and you're going to multiple vendors because you want to talk to multiple people, you want to see who you feel most comfortable with, and you may get a number of bids back and they may have varying prices. I advise here is making sure that the different vendors are comparing apples to apples. A very common mistake, some agencies may just bid lower than they know they can complete it at. Because once you're in the door, once you're already working with them, it's much easier to ask you for more money. At that point, you're almost locked in, depending who you're with. That can be a huge pitfall. If you start off and you go with the cheapest bidder, you may find that over time, you'll spend much more than what looks like a high initial contract. It can cause your product to be delayed by months 
possibly years, and it can cause you to spend more money than it would take in the first place. If you're not already familiar with it, I would encourage you to familiarize yourself with understanding the concept of intellectual property ownership. You don't need to become a lawyer on the subject, but one of the pitfalls that I see happen a lot, especially in a worst case scenario where they do approach you for more money and you get a bad feeling about it and you do want to pull out of that situation, you always need to make sure that you've laid the groundwork to be able to do that and make sure that you own your product. It's your idea. You're paying to have it built. You should have access to the code, whatever that means at all times or the ability to actually withdraw that. You never want to feel like you're being kind of pseudo held ransom because you've paid a lot of money, you've had something developed, but you can see it, but you can't have it and you can't take it elsewhere and mm -hmm. it be portable. Software, unlike the physical world and physical assets can be copied like that. I can't copy a warehouse, but I can copy software and I can keep it on a thumb drive or moved around. That's just one thing I would caution is make sure that you understand who owns what when you're going into this situation in an agreement and that you always have access to it because you're the owner. It's your idea. You're the one having it built. It'd be very similar if someone was building you a building. Make sure that you have a master key to it. It'd be very odd if you didn't. And that's something that people don't often think about because software is very ephemeral. It's not something we can touch. And so if you're non-technical, you may not think about it that way, but it still is something that can be owned in that way. I'm not saying go out and find an intellectual property lawyer or anything like that, but at least have a cursory understanding of it and make sure that you look out for any red flags. Maybe be worth the question of when can I get my copy of the code or when, when can I get access to it? Because that question a lot of the time will, I think, draw out any kind of suspicious behavior as well. I'd actually say for any listeners that are currently working with the company, it may not be a bad idea to ask them for a different source code. I just go ahead and ask and see what they say. Uh, and if you're working with a good, reliable agency and it is your property, then I'd expect that within a day you should be able to get your code, which is just a good standard practice. Even if you're not considering moving developers, give it a shot and see what they say. Yeah, absolutely. So now that I am, let's say, theoretically working with an agency, how should I be able to maximize the value that I get from working with this agency? What should I be doing? What practices should we be incorporating to make sure that I'm getting everything out of it that I can? I'll start on this one. I'll say that I think that there's kind of two parts to this. The first is a theory that the further along you get in software development, the more expensive changes cost. So at the initial phase, you know, the idea phase, ideas are easy and changes all the time. Once it gets into being designed, once you start making wireframes, you start making actual user interface, that's still pretty easy to change, relatively. Once it gets to development, someone's actually spending hours creating these features, that's when it starts to cost money. Even once it's developed, small, quick changes are a lot easier to do then than before the feature gets polished, the feature gets built on top of it. The sooner you can nail down features, the better. And so I'd say it's worth spending some money in the research, the strategy, the design phases the parts where it's cheaper to make changes, then holding off on those and doing it live. Leading to the second part, just communicate and be involved. A quick phrase, but it really is important. Cannot stress enough, just communicate. I'd like to build on that. Absolutely. Communicate and be involved and make sure that the communications you're having are effective. One of the things that I feel like happens a lot is you'll arrive at a call that's been scheduled a week in advance because people are busy and there were some action items that may have fallen through. At some point, you need to make sure that everybody is actually following through with what they say they're going to do to keep you on track. You know, it's totally valid to call those things out and just say, hey, I thought we were going to have this by this time. Maybe bring alert to that because these things stack up very quickly. And then also to go along with what Andrew said about making changes early on, 
you should be able to see the result of your changes. Just something that happens a lot in the design phase is you're often sharing documents back and forth that actually illustrate what you're talking about. I think there's a lot to be said about following that through from when it is live and making sure that there's no missing links there. A good agency will ensure that there is plenty of communication between the folks that draw it out for what it's supposed to look like and those who actually build it. But ultimately, the person with the most investment is going to be able to spot the small differences that accumulate to make the app quantitatively worse or quantitatively better. And so if the agency you work with is not able to share with you a demonstration or show you where they're at, even if it's in the ugly duckling phase, that's not looking exactly like it should yet, you should still be able to see that. And they should still be able to explain that, oh, we're getting the skeleton together. It's not going to look exactly right. And then they're going to build on top of it. But I would think that any good agency would have a way for you to view the work in progress. And then you should be able to see some significant changes past a certain point. Don't be wrong. There is some code that goes on behind the scenes that you'll never see. It just makes the magic happen as far as data manipulation and stuff like that. But for the user interface, you should be able to see those changes, especially if you're non-technical, it's hard to understand why some things are hard and take a long time and why others seem to be things you can just do quickly. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking why. If you say, I would just like to make this small change and they look at you and go, well, it's not really a small change. Well, it's okay to ask them why and you might get a more technical answer. But if you're building this on top of the things we've spoken about before, having an agency that can communicate effectively with you, they should be able to help you understand and it should sound right. It shouldn't sound like you're getting the runaround. So I would think that's another bit in the communication is just ask those questions, call out things that are missed and make sure that you're actually seeing what's being worked on uh, and you're not going to get this on delivery day sight unseen and it be far off. If you think about it from the trajectory perspective, if you're one degree off, but it's over the course of a year, that one degree will grow in distance from what you ideally wanted. Whereas if you could have corrected it sooner, it would have been a lot cheaper as to what Andrew said, but it also is going to lead to you getting a more refined product. Right. I think we're wrapping up on our closing time. Do either of you guys have any closing remarks that you want to let everyone consider? I'll go back and just say that Communication is really the key and starts with the introductory call. That's really going to set the tone. If on that first call, you're not feeling comfortable, you don't have to continue. If after the first call, you're feeling great, that's a good sign. Really just keep that communication going and make sure that they're keeping it up on their end as well. The worst is when a development company that you're working with stops responding and you don't know what to do. A lot of that can be avoided by just choosing the right one at the start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think developing software is very seldom a let's begin it and let's end it kind of ordeal. Software needs to be maintained just like any physical structure. There's always the next thing that needs doing. There's always going to be some action items. And don't get me wrong, the volume of those things will fluctuate over time. But one of the most important things about building a good partnership with your agency is that if you're very successful, you will continue to need them into the future. And I think that if there's ever a time when you look and say, okay, well, where are we going to be in like two weeks, a month? If that's very uncertain, it's worth bringing up. Always have an eye on the horizon for what's coming next and have that conversation because when things go really well in the development stage of the initial launch phase, people often are focused so hard on that deadline that they forget that there's a day after that. I guess the whole theme of that is making sure that you have a very clear expectation of what's going on now, what's going to happen next, and then what's been completed. At any moment, you should be able to quickly know what those things are in a nutshell. And if you don't, it's worth asking and utilizing that great communication line that we've talked about building on top of to ensure that you have that. And any good agency in my mind would also be prepared to have that for you and help you in that process because they do this for a living. They too are having to look at what comes next. 
iterating on that cycle. What have we done? What are we working on right now? What's coming next? That's how projects get built and that's how they get launched. Not by setting something up on front and then everyone walking away and then coming back six months later. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to me today. That's all for today's Tech Talk for non-tech founders. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and learned something new. Make sure to join us in for our next episode for more expert advice on navigating the world of technology. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to give us a follow on LinkedIn and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you, guys.